Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC Fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC Fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code off the blocks for a 10% discount at checkout. Australia in four, the United States in five. Off, McKenzie at the bottom, Stubbins of Schlanger in six, then to the yellow lane, Henry. Queen start, Newell's got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce. For short of Germany was away well. They'll go to the wall all together. Pick that one. Bloma at back ahead of Manuel and Herisch Amenya. What a shot. Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 breaststroke. Now Henry is starting to come out now. Henry's throwing Linden down. Linden and Henry. Henry and Linden. They hit it. Jody Henry of Australia shading. Jenny Thompson has taken the lead here. The Australians have only won this race once. It was with Dawn Fraser in 1956. Henry's moving away. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last leg. Jody Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be yes! a victory. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. We're back. I'm your host, Robbie Cox, joined by Shannon Rollison himself. Shannon, how are you, mate? Yeah, well, thanks, Robbie. Yourself? Yeah, good. Um, staying busy, staying out of trouble. We're doing it um, on a Wednesday at lunchtime, which is really weird for us. We're normally like a Thursday morning. So I think we're we're both, I've got the energy drink, so that's going to help me kick into, into gear to keep my excitement levels up. But such is the professionalism, Shannon, of you, especially to say, no, I want to get a... I want to get an episode out for the listeners before I jet off to jet off to Adelaide um, for competition, which I think yeah, you leave you and the team leave tomorrow. So, um, you excited for that? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, mostly for the fact that I've never been to the LA Champs before. I mean, I'm not expecting it to be a big meet, but it's always nice when you haven't, haven't been somewhere for a. Well, I've been to Adelaide, but you know, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. It'd be different. Well, I don't know what it's like in your house, but my wife said to me this morning, and I can say this because she doesn't listen to the podcast. She never, she never cares. She <laughs> said to me this morning because Craig Stevens, two-time Olympian, came to our program, but a good friend of mine, Craig, so we had a good chat and came home, and then I had to have a quick nap before I came back in here. And she said, "Geez, you live a good life, don't you?" I said, "I beg your pardon." She said, "Well." You spent the morning with your friend, basically. That's what you've done. You've spent the morning with your friend. You've come home. You're having a nap. You're going to wake up. You're going to go do a podcast with your friend. Just have a chat. Really, that's not work. Let's be honest. She said, and then in a week's time, you're going to fly off to Perth, go have a holiday. <laughs> yeah, you call it open water nationals, but let's be honest. You're going to go. You're going to do some wine tours. You're going to do some some sw- sitting at the beach and enjoying yourself. She goes, you live a pretty good life, don't you? And I thought, my goodness, the disrespect to to put down our our weight, like our work. How dare she? I don't know what it's like. Like, 
Do you, when you get to go to Adelaide in the house, is it kind of like, oh, well, Shannon gets to go have a bit of a break now and have a holiday and enjoy himself? Or is it thought of as, all right, Shannon's got a work trip? Because yeah. it doesn't get thought of like that in my house. It's not a work trip. It's a holiday. <laughs> nah, uh, Elle's pretty good like that. Um, yep. It's all work. She, she can get a little funny if uh, when I was going to the Murray Nostrum tours and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Um, well, it might have been how the way you talked it up, Shannon, because <laughs> I think everyone on the podcast knows how much you love those tours as well. <laughs> um, the uh, it's, it's funny, you, you know, you come back from overseas, you know, whether it be Commonwealth Games or whatever the, the meet was, and uh, I remember the Chandler days, the parents would be like that. Oh, yeah, how was your holiday? <laughs> yeah, straight-faced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's if only. Mm. Um, the fact that, yeah, I was just when you were saying that, so if Craig wasn't your friend, would it be considered work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, she would say, oh, you'd become friends with them in the end anyway. Um, no, she's pretty good, my wife, but she did legit say that. She did say that with, with all sincerity, she did. Uh, if you but, enjoy what you're doing, it's work. If you enjoy yeah. what you're doing, it's not work. And you you'll never work a day in your life. That's exactly right. And that's why I'm not laying bricks because there's no way I'm, I'm doing that. No, thank you. That's tough work. Um, yeah, so you head off tomorrow. Um, how long are you away for? Uh, fly back Monday, so... It's, you know, like a New South Wales Open type thing. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but, yeah, all good. Um, we've got one swimmer that may not be going. Uh, but apart from that, everyone's well. I haven't been to Wednesday morning we have off, so I haven't been to training, so I haven't heard anything other. So, but it should be good. I think there's only um, three. They have three uh visitors in a final so that'll put a bit of pressure on some races mm. which will be good yeah so when you go to these things um do you go with ideas in mind of what you're looking to see or is it kind of just a all right it's the beginning of the year let's just go over hit out and 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 basically sit watch and then take notes off the back of that in terms of what we've got to start to do between now and july or uh, june sorry or or do you already have a rough idea in mind of what you want to see when you head over there tomorrow? Uh, yeah, well, because we've just, you know, in the last, was it four weeks ago probably, we had um, New South Wales Open. So yep. um, there'll be a few things that I might be looking for. Gen generally across the group, uh, my expectation is they'll perform at that level or higher. Um and uh, then there'll be the odd swims where, like, for instance, I wasn't happy with Bronte's execution in a 53, so I'll be looking for an improvement in that area. Um, and, you know, there might be one or two other swimmers that I thought could have executed better. Um, so that's that's sort of where we're at. If we hadn't have uh, done the New South Wales Open then you'd be sort of, you know, oh, well, let's just see where things are at and move on from there. But mm. um, with that meet just done, and even though we've had Christmas, New Year's, and everyone's had a little bit of downtime, but my expectations are still um, to to have come through all that period 
have raced recently and to be at, at that similar level or better. Yeah, no, no, very good, very good. And well, hence uh, today's episode is all about sort of that Olympic preparation. Olympic trials are in, in June and um, you've had your fair share, Shannon. I'm not going to say how many you've had of Olympic preparations because then, you know, I don't, I don't want to make you feel a bit older, but if you've been, you've had a few <laughs> Olympic preparation so you've had your chances to get things right get things wrong and i i thought it was a good chance to have a look today we're, we're six months out really from from the olympic trials um so I, and then there's a lot of people that'll be gearing up for that um there's a lot of people obviously that people will think should have their names on, on those lists once once it's all done and dusted but there'll probably be a few people that might count themselves in with a chance as well that you know, win might not necessarily be be looking at. So I, I thought, well, let's have a chat about that as well because their coaches will be listening and it'll give them a bit of an insight um, in, into to what goes into it. For you, when we, we're heading into we, six months left, we, you know, we don't go back four years to, to 2020 or 2021 really with, with COVID, is, does it change at all or is this very much just like the end of a normal sort of, program or season or if you know if you know what i mean like is there anything different with yeah. six months to go for an olympic preparation do you have to do we really have to delve back uh, three years to see where, where you started to put it all together i mean with six months to go what what are the things you're looking for from your athletes now um and then with the program moving forward because there's a lot of racing coming up as well isn't there with new south wales state open um i don't know is there is there is there anything else? Yeah, that's right, on the Gold Coast. Yeah, so, I mean, with, yeah, if you've got a younger athlete um, and, you know, it was very much like this when um, I was preparing for the Athens Olympics. So, basically, you, you know, you're preparing for the trials to make the team and, um and I had a younger group and it was a four-year sort of plan and stuff like that. Um, I think, uh, you know, in those sorts of athletes, you might be doing something a little bit different, you know, because of their age and you're building up. Um, the good thing is you got age on your side. So, you know, there can be some improvement in, in that. Dealing with an older athlete can be a little bit different from a point of view, whereas you're trying to, um, minimise risk reward type things. So uh, from an injury point of view, and they they could be you know like Bronte going for their, I think it's a fourth would it be? Yeah, it'd be a fourth Olympics. So that's a little bit different um, than someone who's sixteen um, at the start of the Olympiad and is turning nineteen or so and going trying for their first. But the thing that is common is. It's just a little bit more of a, or there should be, a little bit more of, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's from everyone involved in the water and on pool deck. Um, what can be quite frustrating is when, you know, you've got support services and people who aren't doing that. Mm. You know, uh, to them, it's just there. It's, it, it's nothing different. Um, just going through the motions. Uh, I won't be here for the next three weeks. You know, I'm on yeah. holidays. Uh, yeah. That sort of stuff. 
it was hard in Denmark um, with that because their holidays are in July and, you know, the major is in August. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I'll see you at the end of the month, you know, and you're thinking, oh, I've got to get through a whole month. Hopefully, hopefully there's no injury. Oh, there's someone, you know, someone that you don't know who's going to backfill. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that was quite testing. <laughs> but um, it's sort of like that in Europe, you know, um, that's their holiday period, July. So yeah. um, not just in Denmark, but most of the countries so uh that's something i'd never thought of prior to um to heading off and working overseas um but it was a really good thing at the ais like an olympic year at the ais everyone was sort of you know brings their a game support service wise um yeah that's what they were employed there to do you know mm. so yeah there was no surprises no one was Heading off down, yeah, up to sunny Queensland, going to Noosa, you know, three <laughs> weeks out. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I thought I'd ask because <clears throat> you know you, you hear different advice and, and different things, and I've never been a part of an Olympic preparation, but you always hear different things about um, not changing things too much and not letting the swimmers or the athletes feel like it's too dissimilar to things that they've done before in terms of um you know preparation or not putting too much stress on it and things like that but at the same time it is different we yeah. are preparing for an olympics so trying to take that away um but it, you know and then you also hear if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you always got as well so there's i mean it's, there's many different ways to play it is it a matter of doing all these things as a coach away from the pool but not letting the athletes feel like it's too different from what they've normally done or are you happy to tell them all right we're gearing up for an olympic preparation switch on now like uh, does that make sense like we get to, yeah told yeah. to kind of shy away from it a little bit or do you tackle it and go hey what are we shying away from this is the goal let's go yeah i think you don't have to spell it out to people um but yeah i think sometimes yeah you certainly see yeah, people stand up, you know, all of a sudden you know who, who in the room is serious and um, who's looking for an exit clause. You know, it's funny how um, I've only been, you know, uh, Lars was here last week with uh, Erica and we were just talking about uh, swimmers, you know, uh, who can get in their own way. And it's surprising how many there are like that. Um so, yeah, you see that quite a bit, um, which is unfortunate, you know, because there's you know a lot of, lot of people who could do better, but they tend to, um, as I said, get in their own way. Mm. Um, one of the, I, I'm not a big, you know, the countdown, you know, 100 days to go and all that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, I've never done that. Mm. Um, I, you know, I don't think they need to have that in their face. Um, but I do think that, um, I, I think if you sharpen the blade a little bit, I think that rubs off on the athletes. They can sense that, you know, it's an Olympic year and, yeah. Mm. I, I just think the, the best people stand up, you know. Mm. One thing that um, I always enjoyed was 
you know, getting people on the team and then preparing for the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's been taken away somewhat, you know, because of the short five-week um, turnaround from the trials to the to the um, main event. Mm. Um, Do you think we'll ever go back, Shannon? Sorry to change the the topic for a second. Yeah, we'll ever go back. I mean, that was brought in through the Jaco era, yeah. wasn't it? Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. So. Do you think at some stage that'll be brought up the potential of going back to to April in trials in April and then having uh, that good long prep to or do you think yeah. the, the horse is bolted now and this is the way I think it is? the horse is bolted. You'd have to get rid of all the people in, involved at the top now. Have have a big clean out. Yeah. I didn't I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> that's how I was just you know, just asking the question. But no. Um, well, I think I, they believe in it, and you've got to believe in what you're doing, don't you? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, a couple of years back, I heard someone say, "We've got the magic formula." You know. Yeah. Not too sure about that. Um, so. So I, yeah, I can't see it changing, um, but. Yeah, I, it, it'd take something pretty. You know, drastic. We'd have to have a bad Olympics or something like that. You know, um, so because at the moment everything's on stats. You know, yeah. The problem with Olympic stats is it's only there's so few of them in comparison to everything else, and their whole um, you know, I, I think they went that way because of a couple of results that didn't go their way. So the whole thing changed and. Who's to say that that person or those people would have performed any different had it been five weeks out, you know? Yeah. You're never yeah, going to yeah. know that, are you? No, exactly. Is, when the time came, the result didn't happen. Mm. So does that mean the race would have been different had it been five weeks out? Well, that's all just sort of pie in the sky. Yeah. But... Um, people will see what they want to see, and um, yeah. When the when the, what uh, Ken Wood uh, used to say this all the time. When, when the gun, no, when the flag drops, the bullshit stops. <laughs> <laughs> but I think sometimes someone's you know, there's a few people that have forgotten that, and mm -hmm. um, you know. They're just pumping up their own tires. So um, anyway, but um, you know the results have been there've been some good results of the last you know last period. Tokyo, you know, Paris is going to be very different to Tokyo, isn't it? You know, yeah. Um, that that's my thing. You know, when you're taking, as I said, the Olympics is a once every four year type of an event. Then when you're looking at Tokyo, it was completely different again. No one in the grandstand. I mean, yeah, whole the whole part of being an Olympic champion is being able to com compete under fire. You know, mm -hmm. uh, compete in front of all of that. So obviously, yeah, you wouldn't think that we'd have an, another Olympics like that. Um, so 
And I, I think there's a there's a big difference between Olympics and World Championships, you know. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, well, I think just, results show that too, don't they? Mm, results. Yeah. I, and I think you've mentioned this on the podcast, so it's not me sort of coming up with my, I think you've mentioned it when, when you look at the results, um, it's sometimes not disrespecting the world champions, but sometimes it's, it, it's easier to be the world champion than the Olympic champion, just with that added four year, every four year pressure. Yeah. Because you can only win this race every four years. So, um, the other thing is, you know, uh, Australia's always competed well when there's been a world championships in Australia or an Olympics or world champs in our time zone. So that was another thing that was in our favour. Yeah, the COVID thing was in our favour. Yeah, it just, we it just had a lot of things on our side for the last Olympics. So I'm glad you mentioned that because it's you've sparked another question of mine. Do you do anything around that in terms of training-wise with time zones and when they're going to be racing in preparation for for not so much for trials essentially, but maybe beyond that do 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 we do you put any weight into that or is it just everyone's in the same boat so you got to do your best i i I know we did a little bit for rio um i'm not sure whether it worked or not but um i know there's a lot of people trying to do that and using the whole blue light thing and uh to wake up and so um we we always sort of um, would do a set, a main set of a morning at some stage in the prep, you know, because you've got to be reasonably good in the heats. Um, semis takes a little bit out of it, so it depends on, you know, if you've got someone who's number one or two in the world, you know, they can afford to, you know, or a Michael Phelps, they can afford to uh, be a bit more relaxed through the heats. But if you've got someone who's like number number 15 in the world, they're going to be on, you know, their game. So all those things, you know, are very different. So, you know, you can be on an Olympic team and um, the heat scenario is completely different. It's not the same for everyone, you know. So, um, yeah, it's... Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, I guess one of the main things for today's topic too was just to have a look at, all right, we're six months out, what are things you can change and what are things that should have already been well established by this point in terms of your your training, your programming, your preparation, if that makes sense. So, yeah, uh, and, I think and that's that, really important, you know. Yeah. I remember um, after, after the uh, Olympic trials in 2004, um, and Jody won. Libby broke the world record in the semi. Jody won the final, and um, yeah, I, I must have it. Everyone was saying, "You got to fix the dive. You got to fix the dive." Yeah. I'm thinking, Christ, <laughs> eight years. I still <laughs> and she didn't even like doing it, you know. Um, oh, so funny because I think a lot of people listening can relate to that. Just yeah, like... <laughs> and, and you know, I thought, you know, I've got twelve weeks, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't take any of that on board, and I just tried to make it better at what she was really good at. Yeah, which was the best thing I, you know, thank Christ I did that. Um, 
And the yeah, that that's that was that was the good thing about having that twelve week prep. You know, like what people see it as you know, obviously people now see it as a negative, but I, I saw it as positive. Yeah. All right, we've got twelve weeks to get better at something. What are we? What can we get better at in twelve weeks? So that, I don't think that's possible in the five week turnaround. So, um, do you think? Um, I'm just thinking like outside the box here too. Do you, Do you think there can't be as much? Not that you do gamesmanship, especially at the highest level, but do you think you're kind of showing your hand too? when you have your trials in June and, and Kaylee's going world records and Ariane does world records and everyone's on notice at that point. Whereas if sometimes if you have your trials in, in April, they're still going to swim fast. I'm not saying they wouldn't swim fast, but there, there's still some improved, like, does that make sense or am I overthinking it a bit too much? No, I think that's a valid point. You know, like um, for Athens, um, you know, the result was on the on the table there in March, April, whenever it was, uh, and then we didn't. Apart from a few Grand Prix meets in Australia, uh, we didn't go and race anywhere else in the world, so no one knew what it was going on, you know. Mm. Um, and um, on that first night, uh, Jody went fifty two nine in the relay which was the first time anyone had gone under 53 and yeah that blew people's minds yeah you know um so if we had been sort of five weeks out and she was in that sort of form there would have been no surprise but it was almost that sort of shock result and there was a lot of then chatter around um it's almost like they were like, oh, how are we going to beat her? Mm. You know what I mean? But if they had had time to process that, wouldn't have been as powerful, yeah. I don't think. Um, so, so yeah, so you're certainly showing your hand. But, you know, uh, you know like is Kaylee going to be fully ready to go? I, she probably won't be. Mm. Um, I think, you know, from memory, Emma wasn't fully tapered um, at the last trials. So, I mean, Kaylee doesn't, won't need to be. She'll yeah. be in full training. Yeah, so, there's certain swimmers that probably yeah. are afforded the luxury of not having to be. Yeah, whereas other swimmers will have to be fully, you know, like if like the women's 100 free, you know, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all. I would think everyone's going to be fully tapered. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they want an individual spot, so uh, and even making the relay is going to be hard enough. Mm. So, yeah, then you've got turn around in five weeks. I know, you know, with Jess last time, uh, Jess Hansen in the breaststroke, like she had to be fully tapered, you know, and the, the women's, I think all the women's uh, girls would have been because it was there was three going into two in. You know, in all, both the 100 and 200. Uh, then she got sick. Um, yeah, so just things happened. Um, yeah, just, it was just a messy five weeks then. Um, and, and 
yeah, once she was fully tapered and then she was out of the water for a week. It all, yeah. It, yeah, like I said, it all got a bit messy and then get enough time and, you know, and, and I hadn't had the experience of um, that short turnaround either. So, um, yeah. All right, well, let's put it this way. What what things by now should have been established well within your preparation? What are certain things that if you haven't done it by now, it's... It, it, yeah, that, I would think well, anything to do with high-level skills, you know, starts, turns, that sort of stuff, um, anything that requires, and particularly an older athlete, you know, who's been diving and competing and turning and that for 15 years at that sort of high level, mm. are you really going to be able to change? So, um, yes, which begs to, you know, I was talking to this the other day about, you know, a lot of our sports science service staff are all working with our top people are they really going to be able, make, be able to make a difference? Are they really going to be able to make a change? Should they be working with, you know, people who are eight eight years younger, still, you know, still able to make changes and certainly more important to make changes at a younger age rather than doing something wrong for the next three or four years before someone, you know, they get to a level where someone can be starting to work on with them at a biomech level. Mm. I, I think that needs to be discussed a bit. Um, you know, how valid is it that you're standing watching a tr someone who's, you know, closer to 30 than 20 or closer to 30 than 25? Um, and could you be spending your time, you know, making a bigger difference, a bigger impact? Um, with someone who's like 18 or 19. Yeah, where the, the chance of change and growth is far greater. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the tricky thing is it's all um, money at the end. So you get the result, then swimming can justify the money because they're involved and, yeah, you know, it's harder to justify the money spent on someone who's 18 or 19, but... That's the game we're in. You know, we've got to we've got to be trying to have an impact with more people. Yeah. Um, and if more people get better at something, it pushes the top. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, the bean counters probably don't see it like that. But I suppose it's up to swimming to, you know, yeah, be able to try and sell that. The bean cans. I like that. Um, <laughs> what are certain areas? So we 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 talk about um, skills are certain things that if you know if we haven't probably improved it too much by now, it's this you're sort of where you're at. What are things off the back of say say this weekend of racing? What are certain areas that you still have time to, I guess, course correct or or change slightly? I'm not saying wholesale big changes. By this stage, you're very much on your way. But are there certain things within training, maybe within physiology, within certain areas that you can still adjust slightly with six months to go? Oh, well, physiology-wise, you can certainly make ground 
here and there, you know. Um, and I always just think it's better to have more time, you know. So when things do go a mishap, um, you've got some time to get out of it. Um, but certainly from a physiology point of view, there's plenty of time. Um, race strategy, I think, you know, mm. that's another area that can be tweaked um, because little little differences can make quite a difference. Um, yeah, th that's probably the two main areas. Strength and conditioning a little bit maybe, but... Well, I think you made a good point just before, sorry to cut you off, um, with, with strength and conditioning and being in the gym, especially with athletes who are prone to injuries or older athletes in terms of bang for your buck. Maybe now, as you said, you might you might not be able to get too much gain, but you might be able to do some damage if you're certainly not paying attention to the right, yeah, staying away right. from the right areas. Yeah, so I certainly think in the gym – this isn't the time that you'd be wanting to bring in wholesale changes. Um, but so you'd be wanting to do things that uh, proven correct in the past um, and then just good execution so that you, from a technical point of view that you're not technically doing anything that's going to put you in danger of getting injured. Yeah. Um, question for, for as a coach, uh, for all the coaches out there in terms of and we've all done it whether we explain whether we talk to others about it or we just talk to ourselves about it in the mirror like a crazy person we all at times um perhaps overcoach or start to put the pressure that we're feeling back on the swimmers without really understanding it or realizing it i've told you i've done it a few times halfway through a week without noticing that you know the things aren't going hey we need this and you're like oh shit hang on Robbie relax <laughs> that, that kid actually will swim pretty well you didn't need to yell at that kid um no doubt an Olympic preparation especially if people have dreamed about it planned for it meticulously planned for it there's the coaches have dreams as well as swimmers have dreams about putting people on teams um give me a little bit of an insight into the art of I guess trying not to let the swimmers see that too much as well, if that makes sense, because it's easier said than done, isn't it? Well, yeah, I can remember um, my first ever final at an Olympics uh, talking to someone, which was Jody's 100 free. Yeah. That was so intense. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, you, know, you can't just say, well, it's just another race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I mean. So um, everyone knows it's not. So do you, you know, do you do you acknowledge the elephant in the room or do you try? I guess, again, it's everyone's different, different athletes yeah. need different things at different times. But I just know that for a lot of coaches out there, this preparation in June will mean as much to them as it does to the athletes in terms of mm. dreams and what they've up chased for their coaching career and time away from family and all these things that we joked about earlier, but it's, it's all true. Like, you know, these trips and all these different things, mm. it's, it's an art I would assume, which I still haven't mastered to not sometimes put that on the athlete as well. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah. So you certainly don't want to be uh, reminding them about all the sacrifices everybody's made for them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, they're, like yeah, well, depending on how old they are, but a lot of their parents already do that on the way yeah, to the pool. <laughs> just better work. <laughs> do you know how much swimming was this month? You better put in an effort today. Um, but well, I think one of the things that that was on uh, my side um when I was chatting to, to Joe was that, um, yeah, it was what year seven or year eight of coaching her. So that, um, um, that was a real bonus. Um, if you've only been coaching someone for like two or three years, um, that's going to be a, a fair bit different. So, with that history that uh, Jody and I had, if I said something, you know, she'd be able to tell whether it was bullshit or not, mm. uh, whether I really meant it, yep. all of those things, just because of the eight years of history, you know. Yep. And it's not just history in the pool. Um, it's history in life, isn't it? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, so by that stage, she knew who I was. I knew who she was. Um, it wasn't a new relationship, um, and I was able to, yeah, so if she, if I said something on that day, she would know if it was different, you know. Or yes. Certainly changed his tune, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's no different it, to everything else. You're like, you literally have never said that to me before, yeah. which makes me think this is very different to everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, um, when, when you've got a shorter amount of time with someone, so say, two years, second or third year, um, they're still, you know, big meets. It's probably if it's two years, it's the second big meet. You know, if it's three years, it's the third big meet. Yes. Um, it's, it's very much different to a, you know, a longer-term relationship of coach-athlete relationship. And, yeah, they said, sort of like, oh, does he really mean that or, you know, mm -hmm. or... Mm -hmm. It's it's just different, and I've been in both both camps, and um, there is a big advantage in in the longer period of time that you've spent with an athlete. So yeah, you can imagine um, Bob and and Phelps, you know, like there would be no surprises, would there? You know, no. Um, well, I, I remember mentioning to Bob when I had him on the podcast. Um, you know, what do you talk about before the race? And he's like, not the race, that's for sure. He's like, if we, if we had to talk about the race before the race, I didn't do my job very well. So, you know, it was always just about, um, you know, not mentioning things like that. But, yeah. um, again, that sometimes comes out of us when we're not, you know, even if we're trying not to, doesn't it? You think, all right, just keep it cool and don't worry about things. And then all of a sudden, you know. You find yourself get pointed at the pool and going through the different feet and you can lift your rate here and you got to hit that turn. And then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, and, and so so that would not have been a surprise to Phelpsy, would it? Not talking about the race. But oh, no. if, you, yeah. if you've started coaching someone and their history was always about talking about the race mm. and then because your history wasn't as a coach and you don't think that's necessary, so you don't talk about the race, which is, I'd agree with that strategy. Yeah. But 
that could lift the anxiety of the athletes. They walk away <laughs> going, he didn't ever mention it. <laughs> I mean, I think this is what I'm meant to do, but is it? You know, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, I, I can see them still sitting there worrying about it now. Yeah. Um, now, I, I guess the the flip side to, to an Olympic preparation, Shannon, um, which I don't think probably gets discussed as much and certainly doesn't is the disappointment in missing it. So, all right, we've trained for an Olympic preparation. We didn't get on the team. It just didn't, for whatever reason, it didn't go our way. Um, how hard is that to take, especially, you know, for a younger athlete, I guess it should be a little bit easier, but sometimes they can carry their divots into the next four years and, and, and they can't, or even a coach maybe sometimes can carry that over. Um, we always see the big moments on TV and the hands in the air and the tears and, co you know, giving the coach a cuddle and, oh, what a great story. And, hmm. well, the reality is there was uh, six others who just got out of the pool and are now in tears somewhere, yeah. uh, sometimes less because they didn't make the qualifying, the A qualifying time or whatever. So sometimes just one gets through. Yeah. That's even more, that's even harder. You came second, but you missed the QT thing. So no, it didn't work for you. Um, well, what's that like? I mean, you, you've had swimmers make teams, but you would have had swimmers miss teams and things like that as well. What, what's that like from the other angle of picking that up, especially if it's a long week too? What if, what if your, your swimmer's got a few different chances, but their main chance is on night one? That surely isn't easy either. Yeah, I, yeah, I certainly had my fair share of people missing, um, and um, just trying to think. Every Olympics, you 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 got someone who misses. Yeah. So, um, um, what I've what I've tried to always do is is, is make time for those people. Um, I remember in twenty twelve uh, with an athlete that missed. Um, yeah, give it a little bit of breathing space, so maybe a day or, or two. But, um, you know, sort of, yeah, obviously you chat to them after the race, all that sort of stuff, and then you, what I tend to do is make, all right, in two days' time or, you know, wherever you've got some time, it doesn't have to be two days, but um, let's let's catch up for a coffee. Yeah, and um, I spent a couple of athlete uh, hours with this athlete at a coffee shop in um, uh, down at Glenelg there, and you know let them talk, you talk, blah blah blah, um, but then also get them to um, uh, you know if you're in this position where they're young enough to continue to swim, mm. talk about the future. You know, yeah, uh, it doesn't it all doesn't stop today you know obviously if you've got an older athlete then that may not be the case but um certainly most of the time you're probably dealing with someone who's young enough to continue on mm. and i think you've got to um you just got to get them to to see past what's just happened and yeah. it may not necessarily make them feel any better but um you you planted the seed about the future and over the next couple of days 
they'll they'll think about that. So that that's sort of my advice. Yeah, I, I think that- the worst thing you can do is pretend it never happened, or you know. Mm. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, I could just imagine that. So anyone that stands near me um, at times at meets would know I've got a few sort of 11, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds that if the result doesn't go their way, I mean, there's tears immediately, which I, I know uh, at your level probably you don't see as much, but I would I would assume this is the one time of every four years where there's potential for grown adults to turn into 13-year-olds who didn't get their PB. And and rightly so. They've put their lives on the line, especially a lot of these guys have, you know, hold, held off progressing with their life in terms of, you know, going off and let's first say get a real job, but you know what I mean? Yeah. They've put their heart and soul into this. So I, I'm not judging them or, or teasing them, but rightly so. So I could just imagine the emotion in, in an Olympic trials would just be so much more heightened than anything else anyone's experienced before and i just don't think we talk enough about what happens to those who don't make it um yeah. and they've been built up and and there's all this um hope and 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 enthusiasm about going and having that shot but you know as we said there's there's only two that can make it in in each race um and and with all those girls and boys especially for relays there's only six mm. so it's there's a lot more that that come away from that disappointed than than are doing the jig and doing the dance that um that we've seen people do when they when they do well yeah i just had yeah. susie o'neill in my head doing that dance when she broke the world record you remember oh, she oh, did yeah. a bit of a, <laughs> she did a bit of a dance when she got out oh Suze. <laughs> Yeah, it was sort of a cross between a chicken dance and a dinosaur dance. Yeah, I know. If she, if she could have it back, I'm sure she'd change. But then again, she just broke the 200 fly world record. So I don't yeah, think she had too many. Mary T's from 19 years old, 1981. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a crazy long one, I remember, because um, just I'm a big Ray Warren fan. So he was always chasing her home. And any commentary, he was he, he wanted her to get it so bad. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do remember it. But, yeah, no, we don't talk about the sort of the other side of it enough, eh? No, I mean, Don Talbot was very good at that. Um, and I've had a couple of athletes that have said that to me, you know, um, who were obviously around his era and that, and swam beyond his era. So, um, um, and also from a coach point of view, you know, he would always make time to talk to coaches who had a poor meet, you know, um, and you can't always say that about it, but about everyone. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's important. Um, the, uh, um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Swimming Australia currently, so Lindley Frame and um, Jody Henry, so in that a- athlete well-being space yep the last few years um th- they they've been taught they have a little bit of a program thing going for athletes at miss so so i think it's really good mm. um and um so that sort of comes out as a bit of a reminder for everyone and that um but that certainly well it certainly wasn't around i don't know when it kicked in i was probably overseas but Certainly, no, it's been around the last four or five years. So, yeah. What about for coaches, Shannon? Uh, you know, no, depending you're on, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. You know, we're, we're our harshest critics or most of, I think the good ones are anyway, the ones who, you know, do averagely and pat themselves on the back probably need an uppercut. But the good coaches are usually their harshest critics. And even when you or I looked and went, oh, geez, you mate, you had a good week. They're sitting there going, nah, there's still things I could have done. <laughs> I could have done a lot better. Um, you know, for those guys and girls as well, Olympic preparation, everything's on the line. What advice do you have for those coaches once the, the dust has settled? And again, we I'm, I don't want to bring it down, but there's only a certain few that get that can make it and have, have athletes on the team. Doesn't necessarily mean it's it's been a failed preparation or that's a result of their coaching abilities or anything like that. What what sort of advice would you give those guys? Like where have you been before in your time where you went, All right, have a day maybe I don't know, you're not a guy that strikes me as a guy who'd have a day on the cans. That's more of a Robbie that's more of a Robbie Cox <laughs> situation. <laughs> I'll have a day on the cans and then tomorrow that's it. I'm 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 back and we're positive and we're yeah, but what what have you sort of what's your experience been like in that space? Yeah, well, I, I remember um, twenty twelve. Uh, not going to name people in that, but there was there was a coach who had a young group um, and, and had a few chances for the London. No, twenty sixteen it was yeah, um, for Rio for Rio, and um, I, I think from memory they had three or four shots. You know, and none of them got up. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, we were in that coaches area where you can just make yourself a coffee and stuff. And um, that obviously had a bad week and things. And and he said to me, you know, like no one even comes near you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you got the plague. <laughs> and and um, so so that's sort of how it is. Um, and, um, I think, you know, my advice is you got to have other things in your life, you know, Mm. um, whatever that may be, um, which is what you should be trying to do with your athletes. You know, you want to be focused on, on your swimming, uh, whether you're a swimmer or a coach, but you need something else to pull you through those bad times. Yeah. Um, because we've all had those bad times, you know. So, um, but yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good that people pretend it didn't happen, you know. Yeah. So, um, it can be a lonely place. I must admit, just from my experience lately um, and the coaching group and the networks that I've created, um, I think coaches seem to be a lot better in terms of, having a chat and like, oh, how's your week been? And if you if you say, you know, <laughs> if you mean that state where I was like, ah, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, there was a few coaches, uh, Laura in particular, who said, no, no, look, are you doing a good job? And, and, you know, there was must have been some good, you know, swims this week. And I thought, well, yeah, there was. Yeah. Does it really make me feel better about the ones that should have been better? But, um, you know, I, I think maybe that that is improving, but certainly at a high elite level, yeah, you, you might be. You might be right in terms of if, if people have expectations of what these athletes and teams are going to do and then they don't, yeah, it's probably not a nice feeling being left out by yourself. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe it's the next thing to come along, maybe. Um, you know, the, 
that are improving in the areas of of, of that sort of stuff for the athletes. So maybe they will eventually, maybe, possibly. <laughs> for the coaches as well. Um, I won't hold my breath, but uh, <laughs> it may not be while I'm coaching, but uh, it'd be nice to think that that would because I, I still don't hear enough of it, you know. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, well, I think uh, coaches especially, and as I said, we, we joked around earlier about the time away from home and my wife thinking I was on holidays, but there's a lot of time and energy and effort that goes into this from from coaches at, at lots of different levels. So um, certainly in Olympic preparation and, and if you've had someone that – and may, maybe they were on the team already for world champs and, and and maybe at the Olympic, you know, it didn't go right or whatever, but, yeah, you'd like to hope that there's people that – around them still reminding them that they can coach maybe just something didn't quite go right this time yeah that's what happens in it you put your hands in your head like oh no what did i do i've i forgot everything of how i was supposed to coach i've lost it and then you know it's 12 months later something really good happens like yeah baby i'm back i'm a super coach i know i know (laughs) how to do it (laughs) i'm gonna write a book i'm gonna write a book that's how knowledgeable i am 12 months later something else happens you're like that's it burn the book I don't know anything about what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, that's, um, um, last week we had dinner with Lars and he, um, he summed up coaching quite well. You know, he said it's just relentless, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it is. There's always something next. Um, do you think sometimes too, Shannon, um, we, I, I know I do this, so I can speak for myself. Do you think we think people judge us more than than that actually happens? If that makes sense, like, do you, do you think sometimes when when coaches maybe don't do as well at a national preparation, at times they get down themselves because they think the perception is, well, he didn't do a good job, she didn't do a good job, they can't coach anymore, no, nah, they can't do it, and and when in reality everyone's really too busy worrying about their own teams and their own things that are going on. But in our minds, we, we make it up that, oh, everyone's going to think, I don't know what I'm doing anymore, which doesn't really bother me because I think people don't think I know what I'm doing anyway. But the top-level coaches, if you know what I mean, do you ever yeah. think maybe that creeps in a little bit? Uh, yes and no. I've been around long enough to hear, hear enough. Yeah. Know? So, um, and some coaches uh, are quick to jump, quicker to jump on people than others, you know. Mm. Um, I, I think probably all in all it's getting better, yeah. I, I would think. Um, the um, Just about you, you reminded me when you said about the, um, doing a book or not doing a book. <laughs> uh, Terry Dennison is a re- really good uh, UK coach. Um, coached Adrian Morehouse, amongst others. Uh, Morehouse was the world record holder in 100 breaststroke, 88 Olympic champion. And uh, I was lucky enough to hear him talk to the British coaches in 2004. And yep. he described he's never in the penthouse and he was never in the shit house. Yeah. He's in the middle. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think it's a good place to try to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you can do that, you ride the highs and lows better. Yeah. So. All right. So we're, as I said, we're six months out from Olympic trials now. 
Uh, we've got how many big racing opportunities coming up, would you say? Four, three, four? Yeah. So Some people well, are going to the Worlds. So. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're fortunate enough to, to if you're going on that team. So, yeah, say three, four, maybe a bit more. Um, is, is it now fine-tuning in terms of your, your racing? Is it is it now sort of analysing your, your, your rate, your starts, your turns, things like that, the little parts of it? What's What are you looking for between now and Olympic trials to really know, all right, we've sharpened up and we're at, we're at our sort of – as, as I, I think we're if, you're, get. if you're one of the top people, um, just being able to nail it every time, yep. um, be in that 1% area of, of, of error, I think if you're a youngster trying to find uh, half a second or two seconds, depending on the event, you, you're trying to you know, find bigger, bigger things, you know, bigger areas which might be a lot more about changing your race strategy rather than just trying to execute your race strategy and make it rock solid. Mm. So it's it's going to be different for, depending on who's standing in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, it's exciting. If you're swimming 53.5, you, you, you're going to try and find quite a chunk of time. Yeah. If you're swimming 52.5, you're probably not necessarily needing to find any time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, well, I, I'm glad. Uh, I've got two more questions for you about Olympic preparations before we uh, – well, Olympic trial preparations before we wrap it up. But I'm glad I brought it up today because I thought, Joel, we're, we're six months away. There's a lot of people that are on camps, doing training camps, all these different things. They're, we're selling the dream. We're selling the dream. Everyone's selling the dream. So to be for, forefront of most people's minds in terms of gearing up for certain things is a bit of a different smell in the air around an Olympic year in terms of preparation. Yeah, it's exciting. <clears throat> what about so? Um, not that I want to bring it back down again, but what what's have you ever had? What's your worst sort of Olympic preparation? Have you ever had one that just it, no matter how hard you tried, things just kept not going right? Like things just weren't. Doesn't matter how hard you tried, just things weren't going the way you you were hoping. Um, not yet. Uh, had had a bad meet at Olympic trials. That was two thousand. Yeah. But, yeah, I needed people to jump up to make that team. So, um, I had some people on teams in the lead up years. So, but uh, yeah, I can't remember. Um, you know. So that week, sorry, just to go back to that week. So Olymp so two thousand. So we're trying to make the this and, and of course you would have been trying to make a home Olympics. Yeah. Um that would have been everyone's dream. I th I dare say that's why a lot of people have a twenty thirty two plan at the moment, because they want to try and be on that that Brisbane team and have a home Olympics. Um do you think in terms of for you as a coach, the team might just – were there absolute chances to be on there and we just didn't execute? Or when you look back in hindsight, was it probably not their time yet? And uh, Yeah, there was just too many good athletes in front of them. Um, so, yeah, I had people who were like third and fourth and they had to make a jump. Um, yeah, and then the other thing that happens in the Olympics is – yeah, everyone's, and particularly that meet. I remember 
men's trying to fly. I had a fellow um, in that race, Greg Shaw, um, and he went 158. Well, he finished sixth. Mm. You know, so, um, and I think that was probably the, one of the fastest finals at an Australian Trials Olympics for the next 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you can be on song and just be in a really fast race. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think 150, yeah, I'm not sure what, what medal at that Olympics, but 157 was a world-class time still, you know. So, mm. um, yeah, and then, you know, Susan O'Neill and Patria Thomas, well, you know, they were gold and silver at the Olympics. At the previous Olympics, um, and I had two swimmers that had to try and beat them. So you yeah. just sometimes you're just running up against. But I, I didn't take it particularly well, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it was one of the best things that happened in my career when I look back on it. You know, um, J- Don didn't pick Jody. She finished sixth in the relay uh, for the hundred free. He only took five. I was disappointed with that, but in hindsight, it was the best thing. So. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes things happen for reasons as well, you know. So, um, was it so not off the back of that reverse periodization? Yeah, that's right. And then, uh, Jody got picked up on the Commonwealth youth team. Uh, and I was a coach and we went off to Edinburgh and she won three gold there. And then the next year she made the world championship team. So, um, where they beat the Americans in. Japan. So, and I know Edinburgh down the track. (laughs) I guess, and that's a good lesson going back to what we talked about with disappointments or things maybe not going the way you were hoping that you can turn those things into Hmm. positives and, 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 you know, use it for motivation moving forward. Um, All right. Give me, give me a preparation that went really well. What, what was your sort of your best prep when you look back? What 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 went and what what do you think when you look at it? If you if you were going to put like and let's be honest, there is no perfect preparation because shit's going to hit the fan. I don't care what your name is or what world you live in. Something's going to come unglued or undone at some stage. It's just how you deal with that. But if you were going to do a presentation on on your best sort of preparation and what you did well and and how it worked the best, what would be the example you'd use? Ah, good question. Look, the Athens preparation went really well from a training point of view. Um, When we got to Germany, um, Jody got sick, Alice got sick, and I got sick. All three of us got really crook. Mm. My dog died, um, and I and I was can remember thinking. This is all going south really quickly. And, um, but the prep up to that point was really, really good, you know. And then, um, I can think of other areas, other preps where nothing went wrong until race day, you know. Mm. So, um, so it's a, it's, it's a funny one. I, out of all, oh, no, not out of all, but, um, I remember the Athens prep was really quite simple, you know. 
we we just did what we we'd always done. We did it a bit better. We had a camp up on the Sunshine Coast. Um, we didn't have a big entourage and all that sort of stuff. It was just really simple, and I think that was the key to it: the simplicity. Mm. Um, I think from memory, uh, there was only myself and Bernie Mulroy's group that stayed in Australia. Everyone went flying off around the world. Um, and I think that's probably one mistake that I've seen people make is they get people on a team, uh, they get given some money because the, they made the team, and then they think, oh, I've got to go overseas and use it and all that, you know. Mm. Um, I don't think that should be the first thing that enters your head. I think you cool your, your britches a bit and just think. So we got given some money and we went to the Sunshine Coast, you know, an hour up the road. So, um, um, well, I think that's a good takeaway, simple, simplicity. Yeah. You, you kept it simple. Yeah, we just did it really well, you know. Everything was a, turned up a little bit. Everything prep-wise went a little bit quicker. Everyone was just swimming a bit better. So, yeah. No, nah, very good, man. I like it. Keep it simple, stupid. Have you ever heard of that, Kiss? Kiss Keep theory. It yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. All right, mate. Well, listen. That can be hard to do, can't it, under oh, pressure? Well, that's and that, that therein lies the idea of the, today's podcast was that, you know, I know there's going to be coaches out there listening that are trying to come up with the magic formulas or, um, you know, Really, to be, to be honest, I did today's podcast for a lot of other people. I'm hoping we can go to Olympic trials with a few swimmers just for the experience, but we're in no way. We'll be like the slowest heat and the, you know, just scraping in if we get in. But I thought there's definitely going to be a lot of coaches out there listening that are going to be trying to, you know, get on a team and, and they've got six months to go. And, and this might be the time where they're looking at, all right, can I make a little bit of a change here or a shift here or. Mm. For that exact same reason, as you said, do you keep it simple? Does it need to be changed? I guess that elusive question of why, why are you changing it? Does it need to be changed? Um, you know, it always comes back to that why question. But, yeah, no, it's it's super hard to <laughs> to, not to keep it simple. It sounds easy, right? Like, oh, I'll just do yeah. it. But mm, it's always that nature in our, you know, to, to be creative. And oh, what if we went on a camp? And what if we did this? And what if we... Um, you know, I think there's teams going to Threadbow or, or places like to, a bit of altitude. If you're going to altitude training, Shannon, when would you go? How far out from a a, a, a meet, a preparation, like a? Well, I've, I've I've been to Threadbow uh, and gone straight into New South Wales Open and swimmers swim really well. Um, when you say straight in, like the week after? No, no days. Okay, and then. Uh, Sierra Nevada, uh, which is, you know, another 1,000 or so metres above, about 1,000, 900 to 1,000 higher than Threadbow. Um, and we've done that and dropped straight down into um, the Mare Nostrum and really good performances. Um, but also uh, a little bit different, st more style of a camp. Um, yeah, you might be five, six weeks out, something like okay. that. Yeah, well, I know there's always people that are wanting to do, at least here in, in, in Australia, a Threadbow trip or things like that if you don't have um, super a lot of money to be able to go overseas and do things. So 
Um, but yeah, it's always interesting when they go and how they go. And yeah, I've eh? been up there since 2012 um, for a swim camp. It's something I would like to be able to do uh, in the future. But yeah, uh, yeah, uh-huh. I think need to be a change it for me to be able to do that. So. Mm. All right. Well, listen. Thank you for for today, Shannon. As I said, I, I hope the listeners got a lot out of that, and that that was my aim. That everyone was who's got plans and preps for Olympic trials would get a little bit out of today, and even if it's just a couple of little things as a coach um, for for you to work on, or if it's things that you wanted to look at for you, for your athletes. Um, hopefully, you got something out of it for you, mate. Have a have a good weekend. Enjoy Adelaide. I do enjoy. Um, it's a nice it's a nice place. Yeah, they got the, big, think... the cycling races on at the moment. So, oh, oh, you love that stuff. Yeah, it'll probably be a bit of a buzz, old Adelaide. So, what is it? What What are they? Do? What's it called down there? What's the What's the, down under? Is it? Yeah, make get the bike out, go for a run, yeah. just jump on behind. The men's race is on at the moment. The women's raced on the weekend. Oh, okay. So, um. Yeah, but it's a good place, Adelaide. Yeah, I like Adelaide. I don't know if I could live in Adelaide, but I like visiting Adelaide. It's a nice, it's a great spot. Yeah, if they could get rid of those snakes and sharks, I reckon I'd live in Adelaide. Oh, we got that shit too. There's been a few shark attacks down there, not there lately? We got all sorts of Ooh. stuff. Uh, yeah. And they got the bad snakes too. I mean, we've probably got some bad snakes here, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got stuff here too, don't you worry? Oh, better a uh, bloody spider. Web, you see that funnel web spider? They they called it Gosford. They called it Hercules. What was it? I haven't seen it. Is it massive? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Apparently, the conditions at the moment are perfect for funnel webs. Oh. So not mad. So check your shoes. Yeah, well, I had a spider run up my leg this morning because I'd moved the the um what do you call it? the block covers. You know, all the blocks have their covers, yeah. and I moved that off, and because we we're doing dives and. Put it next to my leg, and next minute, something I could feel something running up my leg. It was a spider. So anyway, yeah, the AIS you get red backs under the lip of the blocks and stuff, particularly yep. the blocks at the far end that don't always get dived off. And yep. yeah, yeah. All right, have a look out there, guys. Um, actually, funny story, Shannon. So um, for the listeners out there that know, uh, I've got a girl who's training with me from Denmark, and her family have come over for for the holidays. So her younger brother's doing some swimming too, the poor guy. He's on his holidays, but he's he's still he's coming to do some training. Anyway, on day one he comes in and he's he's getting ready. And then um yeah, someone moves something and there was a big, yeah, like a funnel web or whatever, spider. And yeah, you know, we had to move it. I said, I bet you don't get that until he was like, Oh my god, was you know you, you know all those stories you hear about Australia and it was like pretty much day one, like, oh, there's a big spider. I'm like, that doesn't really happen all the time, don't don't judge on that. <laughs> you just see his eyes were like so big, like, oh my God. Tell him about the magpies. Yeah, magpies. People think, like, especially they Americans, they think Australia is like a crazy place to live. Like, we must be ninjas that we've evaded death for so long. <laughs> and I'm like, it's really not that bad. It's no different to anywhere else. I'd, I'd be, there's some certain places in the countries I'd be, I'll take the animals over the people any day. I'd rather live here with the crazy animals than yeah. other, other with crazy people. Yeah, true. Oh, my goodness. And I'll leave you with this story since I've, um, since I've decided to go all in on my wife today. I don't know if you've ever been, um, 
had an accident, a car accident involving your wife, Shannon, but this happened to me recently, which I wasn't going to mention, but she reminded me of it. She said, have you said this on the podcast yet? Because she, she thought I was going to. So anyway, we were at a, an appointment. We're in a car, car park. We're coming back down. I was behind her. And she's really nice, my wife. She's much nicer than me. So someone was reversing and she stopped to let him out where I just would have gone straight past. So she stopped to let him out. So I stopped behind her with a fair distance, mind you. Well, I wasn't right on her, really a fair distance. And anyway, so this car reverses and obviously it's getting too close for my wife's liking. So she puts a reverse on and she starts going backwards. And I think, oh, well, that's all right. Didn't think anything of it. She knows I'm there. Mm. She knows I'm there. Well, she's still reversing. Now I'm getting a bit worried. But I think, no, well, she knows I'm here. So she's probably just trying to give a little bit of space. Well, no, she, she obviously didn't know I was there. And then she hit my car. She reversed into me. <laughs> she, I'm watching her. She's got her hands on her head. She's, she's in. She, now she's, she's losing the plot. She's <laughs> hands on her head. So I call her. <laughs> I call her and I say, hey, listen, don't stress. She goes, oh, my God, was that you? said, what? yes, she thought she'd hit someone else. <laughs> so, so, oh, I thought it was someone else. said, who else did you think it was? I literally went out behind you. So I don't know. So anyway, so we drove off. Luckily, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't, it wasn't too much damage. But there you go. For, if anyone's having a bad day, just think, could be worse. Your missus could just reverse straight into you in a car park. Uh, yeah, she was. Yeah, she it's was. Not in bad until she realised it was you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was like, "Oh my god!" Then it was me. She's like, "Oh, it's just him. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> he'll he'll live. He'll live. He'll be fine." So there you go. There you go. Just a, a little one for everyone. Just if you think life's going bad, just it could be worse. Your partner could reverse straight into you. Oh dearie me. I'll leave everyone on that. Have a good weekend, everybody. Uh, we've got some good episodes coming out. Uh, myself and David Clark, stats guru David Clark, going to do an episode coming out next week on open water and the history of Australian uh, open water championships, which is really exciting. Um, Shannon and I will be back at some stage either next week or the one after, depending on time and availability, when we'll do a bit of a, a rundown of, of his time over in Adelaide and see if he got on a bike and rode around with some people. So uh, <laughs> have a good weekend and uh, we'll catch you all again next time. See you, Robbie. See you, everyone. Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. 